Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the voice cast where we take a look at your favorite anime characters and figure out which voice actors play them the best, the worst, and the weirdest. I'm your host Justin and with me always is Will. Hello everyone, and our special guest, the Phantom Father from the Phantom Father server. Hello, it is I the dad. So, we had a bit of a situation a couple of days ago. <laughs> that what we're going to call it, okay. Yes. Would you rather I call it a fucking disaster? I mean, yeah, I'm also getting a little lost about this. We recorded an hour and a half long pod, this podcast that was an hour and a half long. A great product. Fucking, fucking father doesn't record it. Okay, in my defense, my experience is mostly working in actual recording studios, so everybody just does everything for me. So... Uh, that's on me. Privilege. Look, I have one good connection, and I will exploit that good connection as long as we are friends, because we are friends. So, Father, you're a little bit older than us, if I believe so, right? Yeah, I just, I just turned 30 last month, so, you know, I'm old. So, I have a question. Are you dying of Alzheimer's? <laughs> no, I'm probably dying of a few other things. But no, I'm, I'm the one with Alzheimer's. <laughs> anyway, so... Welcome to our Batman month, where we're taking a look at all of the voice actors who have portrayed Batman over the years. Although, because there are so fucking many of them, we're splitting this up into four parts. Starting off, we are doing the very first, during the... Early 70s, Olin Soul. Now to find the Capricorn Kid and give him his final showdown. Olin Soul, radio voice. Not really did much in terms of notable voice acting things that we would know, other than a Walt Disney special and Calvin and the Colonel, which probably most of our audience aren't old enough to watch. Probably not, no. Is anyone now? 1961. I mean, Mom's born 57. Yeah. Hey, Mom, when you were four, do you remember this thing that happened? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure most of us don't remember anything when we're four, unless it's, like, something absolutely significant. Can't relate. Or at least, you know, one of those things that your mom likes to bring up at the worst, most inopportune times as a means of embarrassing you in front of everybody. Can't relate. Hey, my... I think my mom just likes to talk, generally. That's most well, parents. Well, that's also my parents, yeah. Yeah, the The most thing that I remember when I was four was my father got electrocuted, lost his sense of smell, and I remember sitting at the edge of his bed when I was really young. I remember when I was four solving the Super Mario RPG puzzle, the one with the words and the one where you had to hit the boxes to change the letters to spell out the secret word. I actually don't remember that far back. I think I remember five or six, because that was around the time we had Super Nintendo on rental, and that's about it. Yeah, not a lot that you can really remember when you were four, which I feel the same way about Soul's performance in general. He started it, but it was, you can't really say much on a start. No, and that's how I feel about Super Friends in general, is all of these characters are bland. You know, the animation's ass because they were trying to reflect the visual fidelity of the comics, but that, of course, sacrifices movement. And I tried to watch the 
the first Super Friends show, but each episode's 45 minutes long, and I was just like, yeah, fuck that shit. Also, I saw this... Fucking dumbasses. I saw this one weird-ass article while looking for this, and people were just like, Oh, man, isn't it impressive that this skinny guy was voicing Batman? And I'm like... I mean, maybe if you're a complete voice-acting novice or something, what, are you also going to be amazed that Nancy Cartwright voices Bart? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, how many how many characters does Maurice LaMarche himself voice? And you're like, wait, he voiced that? What? Yeah, I mean, the size of the voice actor should not... Nothing about the physicality of the voice actor should mean anything if it means that they get out a good performance. I did see this funny commercial that where he was voicing Batman and Casey Kasem, coincidentally, who was voicing Robin at the time, where Robin was giving Batman the Heimlich maneuver. You know, Robin, quite often people choke on a piece of food they're eating. Right. What can you do for them? Well, if I were choking, you'd stand behind me, wrap your arms around my waist, then make a fist with one of your hands and put it against my abdomen with your thumb against my body slightly below my rib cage. Grab your fist and press in and upward. <clears throat> you might have to press and push up more than once. Try it again. It's important to get it right. Someone's life <clears throat> may depend on it. And people wonder why Batman and Robin are perceived as gay. I think it was actually happening for a while even before that, and that's why they... I heard that's why they brought in Batgirl was to break up that whole counterbalance the gayness. Yeah, that's that's the rumor at least. I don't know how accurate that claim is. I would love that a lot more than just oh female representation. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's the same reason why we got She-Hulk in the eventual series. It wasn't because of representation. It was oh wait, somebody else could potentially do this and make money off of it. Quick, Stan Lee, do it first. No, it's because him and Captain America were having a secret love affair. <laughs> oh, no. Speaking of love, next up we got the legendary Adam West. It's an obvious trap, all right, Robin. But we have to take the bait and see what the penguin's up to. Adam Wee. Adam Wee. That's not my name. My name is not Adam Wee. Or is it? Where am I? Adam West, also known as Mayor Adam West from Family Guy, but also Catman from The Fairly Odd Parents, and pretty much every single Batman parody ever. Yeah, I think the only time he was not him himself in a parody was the Seth Green Jenner from Robot Chicken. But even then, when they did the '60s Batman, he still showed up and did himself. He was also R. Kelly's lawyer in The Boondocks. Yes. He has a very distinct voice. Yeah. Nowadays, younger people would know him for being just a parody guy. Aside from very rare acceptance, he's either being the parody of a superhero or just playing himself. Yeah. And even then, he's basically being a parody of himself or a parody of the Batman parodying himself. It's kind of bizarre. Now, people of my generation immediately recognize him more because he did The Great Ghost in that episode on Batman. Even Batman had a Batman. And seeing Bruce Wayne be like, Oh my god, Grey Ghost, I'm your biggest fan. I have all your merchandise over here. That, that was hilarious now in retrospect. I'm just an actor. What are you talking about? I'm just an actor. That episode was fantastic for that. I wonder how close it was to his actual career. Because 
many people, I'd assume, would know that he started out in the live-action Batman show from the mid-60s. And during that, he was huge. Everyone wanted a slice of the Adam West Batman pie, including Filmation, who did do the Super Friends cartoon. Where you kind of notice that during that time, Adam West only voiced Batman in three things, and Olin Soul did everything else. So from looking at this, I have no research to back this up. I'm starting to realize that, oh, Soul wasn't the first choice. He's just the replacement that Adam West kept telling those guys to fuck off. Obviously not in that way, because... <laughs> you kind of get the impression Adam West is a decently classy gentleman. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. His first voice role, however, was in the 1977 show The New Adventures of Batman, which I was actually surprised how much I was enjoying it. Because the main draw of this show, besides Batman himself, is that he has Batmite with him, a creature from the fifth dimension can do anything and make other people do anything that he says. It's basically and, the Batman version of Mixel Spitting, except while still an asshole... A good guy. Asshole. Yeah, he's he's the kind of guy who... I try to be good, but I'm such a fuck-up that... That Batman just gets annoyed at me. And that's the most interesting part. You would think that during this time... Everyone would be just like... He's a comic relief that all the characters just laugh at. But no. no he's the Scrappy Batman Doo. gets... This was actually two years prior to Scrappy-Doo. And Batman gets... Annoyed at him. And it shows... Okay, we talk about control a lot on this show, but Adam West has such great control where he's scolding Batmite. He's clearly angry and intimidating, but he's not yelling. I fed the Bat computer everything in our crime file in the Joker Batman. Well, if you want my opinion. That's just it. We don't want your opinion. Now, the best way you can help us is not to help us. But don't call us, we'll call you. That is something that I'm sure is very, very hard to pull off. Of course, having 11 years of experience playing Batman definitely helps. Absolutely. Well, that is true. I'm not angry, just disappointed. Speaking of disappointment, our next, our next following guest, <laughs> Fred Young, who voiced Batman in The Pinball Machine. I'm Batman. You created me. Extra ball. I wouldn't say disappointment. I would just I would just say, eh, whatever. I mean, he he's done a couple voices. I mean I, I've still heard the clippings and he did a pretty solid Jack Nicholson impersonation. As the Joker, yes. He I mean, Fred Young is a great is a great impersonator. It's just that there's not much to say on it. And he's, and he's quoting one of the more voice-deficient Batmans in the, in the live-action movies. Like, there has to be, there, yeah. is, there is a semblance of emotion that Batman does have to portray. Michael Keaton, just like George Cooney, Batman, I'm Batman. As much as I do love Michael Keaton as Batman, because as a character, he did kind of go with the whole... Hmm, I might be a little nuts and crazy, and how do I handle doing a two-personality thing? That that was interesting. But, but yeah, totally, no, uh, 
tonally it didn't match up to speed with his in it with his um his intention. No, I'm sorry, I'm distracted again by the freaking Punchy the Clown pinball machine again. <laughs> oh god, I'm distracted. Folks at home, th- be thankful that this is not a video podcast, because otherwise we would have put up screenshots of this this pinball machine. It's, it's kind of disturbing. First of all, it's a clown, but then it's like, the pinball oh, yeah. machine is like multi layer. Punchy the Clown from the Punchy the Clown pinboard. I don't even know what that board. is originally. It's, is it just, who is this character? Did he just exist in this, or is there a whole Punchy the Clown franchise? No, it just exists. I want to... Yeah, I think it was just a pinball machine that he made to just shove into places. He's just a character that escaped from Carnival and just made a life for himself. Yep. Apparently, yeah, no, and this thing is apparently incredibly rare nowadays. I'm looking at this. All right, uh, but before we before this turns into a punchy the clown themed <laughs> vignette of our podcast, I mean. Fred Young's an impressionist. No matter what you think about Michael Keaton, we have to consider it as the guy impersonating him. And it's a great impression. It's just, it's it's nothing that you'll think. It's a fucking pinball machine, you know? And it looks like he's does a lot of impressions. I see Yoda, I see Darth Vader, I see Jeff Goldblum from Jurassic Park. So that's what he did for a while, was just doing these pinball machines based off of these popular movies for three years. Did Punchy the Clown, and then we don't know. I don't know what happened to this guy, honestly. It's a fucking mystery. Maybe the clown ate him. I don't know. I, I like the line out of context, though. I think it's funny. I just imagine Frankenstein being created come down, and it's like, I'm Batman. You created me. And then he looks down at his pants. Extra ball. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it is kind of funny to hear the the, the Joker just a creepy laugh, and it's like, out of context, it is bizarre to hear any of these clips. I'm happy that that joke worked better the second time you heard it, guys. <laughs> uh, it, it's still awful. It's still awful. <laughs> I love it. But then, you know, we're not going to harp on this for too long, because we got much bigger fish to fry. With Kevin Conroy. Let them go, Joker. It's me you want. Easy, Robin. Robin, take care of them. Merry Christmas, Joker. I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman! Oh, great. The man who created the staple Batman voice that everyone would know and everyone loves and everyone defends to this very day not really liking any other Bruce Wayne voices. Mind you, this is also one of the more controversial statements. As a person who interacts with a lot of DC fans, the the amount of standing for Kevin Conroy's Batman is like the same audience who will defend DBZ, One Piece, or Naruto if if a new show, if a new show shows up, right? Let's say a brand new anime comes out. They'll immediately say it's not as good as One 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 Piece, DBZ, or Naruto. No, no, you you know when you got the quote unquote real yeah. family when they try to argue. Oh, which dubbing of DBZ, though? We're talking the original the original Ocean dub? Or are we talking 
No, they discredit. They discredit you. <laughs> what if that just dropped on Netflix randomly? The Ocean Dub. Oh God, I. <laughs> People will always denounce the Ocean Dub unless they're shit posters, like me. Space I, I, Warriors, I, Big Green. I'm, I'm fascinated by it, though. It's just the the Ocean Dub is a fascinating gem. It's like when you find the old DBZ tapes that still have, like, Disturbed and the original soundtracks on them. It's just a weird experience, but I get why people will stand for Kevin Conroy, because that is, that's just childhood right there for a lot of us, because you had four seasons of Batman, uh, three seasons of Beyond, uh, was it two or three seasons of Justice League? During that whole Justice League-verse, it was, it's probably a good decade. Yeah, and then he's... Reprise this role constantly between video games, additional adaptation films, um, a few other appearances. So he has been the the default voice for Batman for oh god, I think almost my entire childhood. Now that I think about it, and adulthood. You know what, Will? I'm yeah. glad that you did bring that up because you are right. When I whenever I hear that it's not Kevin Conroy, I do get a little bit upset at the product as a whole. And that's not yeah. and that's not fair. It's g- give people a chance. Like I actually recently after the recording, I got into an argument with someone because they're like, "Why don't they just get Kevin Conroy to like act the Batman?" I'm like Kevin Conroy's an old man. He, he has the he dude, has other stuff to do. He has like, other stuff to do, like not die. But like, what is it for Robert Pattinson? Robert Pattinson. Like you do okay. You know Robert Pattinson for one thing, but he's also done. A tremendous amount of other things, and he's a damn good actor. Yeah, I but mean, you're not gonna give you're not gonna give someone live action a. Ch- it's the same thing with the Joaquin Phoenix when he was Joker. He's not. What people people wanted Mark Hamill to be a live action Joker? No, Heath Ledger. They it's uh, not yeah. Heath Ledger, <laughs> the so I don't dead. like it. What are you talking about? No, no, people are like, you can't really find another replacement. There's no there's no replacing oh Heath Ledger, God. especially because he died. Joaquin Phoenix did a great fucking job. You're too. You're you're wearing your rose tinted glasses. They're super glued to your face. Go to a doctor and call me back in a week. Is this yeah. why nerds fucking dick ass? Is this why well, the cliche of nerds and TVs that they perform necromancy? Is, is uh, that where probably. it comes from? Is because they're so upset that their voice actors die that they want to bring them back to voice their character for all fucking eternity? Well, actually. The necromancy thing is a misconstrued notion. Okay, it's not necromancy it. if it's used with arcane art. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it. I'm sorry, guys. I can't do it. It's only necromancy if you're using clerical magic. If you're using arcane, it's just life recycling. Or vivid or vivid or, uh, or magic. Oh, that's awful. But to be slightly more serious, though, I think the big argument why everybody is like, what is the Kevin Conroy in it? I think there's two factors. One, again, it is the, that's the default. And if you stray away from the defaults, you don't like that. But I think it is because a lot of the, especially the adaptations and animated stuff for DC's universe, they use so much heavy-handed references back to the animated series of the Conroy era that it's like, what's well, no. it's like It's like you get a sandwich... But they're like, oh no, but it's a different sandwich now because we put a pickle on top on a toothpick. It's like, you're just offering me the same sandwich, though. 
Okay, but the thing is, it's because Justice League and Batman the Animated Series follow the most successful runs of those comics. Hence why it keeps getting referred to, because that basically established certain relationships. Well, Only yeah. until recently have they started straying off. Like, for example, for a long time it was, since Batman the Animated Series, it's always been Wonder Woman and Batman. But in recent years, there have been a lot of pairing together between Wonder Woman and Superman. Which I like better. Wait, are we talking like partnerships or the other kind? No, relationship. I, hmm. I don't yeah, know how Wonder to... Wonder Woman and... In, more often than not, in the recent comics, Wonder Woman and Superman have been together. And in several comics, several comic offshoots and several comic alt-universes, they have kids. Plenty I, of them, too. I think that's too cliched. No, it's not! Yes, it is. The the two two super near-invincible people of opposite genders getting married, I like it more that Batman is so impressive that Wonder Woman is attracted to this mortal man. No, no, I can kind of see this, though. Because, let's face it, though, I think it may go along with the person I think where, yeah, you you take out the vulnerability. We're both independents. Superman actually seems like he would give a crap. Batman seems like he'd be too busy trying to be Bruce Wayne and everything else. Yeah, no, they actually did this in Justice League action. They had an episode where it was Superman and Wonder Woman were like, look, guys, we're going to be busy all day. Please don't bother us. <laughs> and they and they have a great date, but every time they keep getting interfered with, hey, the soups, we need your help. Wonder Woman, we can use your help on the east side of town. <sighs> be right back. And they have to go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> and then the whole date ends with her saying no. She's like, we both have garlic breath. It's like, yep, garlic breath. <laughs> that is kind of funny. Uh, no. That's how my last girlfriend dumped me. <laughs> wow. That's, okay, yeah, this just got really sad. We need to liven these up, this up a bit already. Um, no, what- <laughs> we didn't even talk about Kevin Conroy just as is at all yet. But... Well, I still want to bring up my, my, my favorite Kevin Conroy story that I heard. Because it also ties into our little uh, the little skit we're going to be doing today. A friend of mine went to a Long Island Comic Con. And there was Tara Strong and Kevin Conroy. And Tara Strong voiced Harley Quinn like once? Twice? I think she said it a couple of times, yeah. What year was this? I don't remember the year. But it was quite a couple. It was very recent. Okay, well, I think not her, very recent. I think her first one was Arkham City, which was 2010. Yeah, I'd say around that time. So, he goes up to Kevin Conroy, and Tara Strong's like, I loved you guys so much, and I love you as Batman. And Tara Strong's eating the shit up. And then he, Kevin Conroy just looks, just looks at him, I'm going on my lunch break, and he walks away. And now <laughs> my friend doesn't like Kevin Conroy, because he didn't say hello to me when I tried praising him. <laughs> like the dude owes you your time yeah no the thing is i think conroy has tried to get work outside of batman and he never gets recognized for that work i don't think so i think that's all that he's done See, aside from uh... aside from referential shit you know like like saying being bruce wayne's father yada 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 or, I, I or remember Dick the... Grayson's father. The only one that is a complete outlier to me was the fisherman in Jack and Daxter, 
which I just asked him about randomly at a con. I just asked, was this a specific reason why you did this? Did someone call you, or was it just a weird thing? And he was like, oh, it's just weird. Cool, thanks, dude. (laughs) And then I walked away. Well, I was going to talk about this, because I didn't get a chance on the previous occasion there, but... Talking about uh, Mask of the Phantasm, which I still say is one of the best Batman anything. And, and Great. Includes, and that includes the live action, that includes the animated stuff, although I've only seen a fragment of the animated DC stuff so far, so I could be proven wrong, but I recently saw Mask of the Phantasm uh, about a year or so ago for the anniversary special. I had to basically cut out of one job, go to there, and I had to hightail it to the next job with about 20 minutes of spare in between both of those. And it was fantastic to see them live on a big screen for the first time. Because it is still one of the best animated series for the Batman stuff. And it's like, oh hey, I should give a crap about Batman and why he's fighting this time. And then of course you got like the obligatory Joker steals the entire show for 20 minutes thing. And it's just Mark Hamill. That's the worst part of it. (laughs) Yeah. He he just comes out of no... Haven't people been shitting on the Arkham games because they just won't let the Joker die? (laughs) Yeah, no, they even referenced that in Arkham City. Yeah, they really did. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, I love the relationship of Batman and whoever the fuck this woman who randomly had powers or something. I thought that was that was great, just this idea of Bruce Wayne actually moving on. Of course he doesn't. No, but, but it was at least... It's actually written well, but just fucking... Why did the Joker have to be here? Well, you know why? So, it was because Mark Hamill said, Hey guys, can I just screw around for 30 minutes? Thanks. Don't, no. don't pretend like that's the real answer. <laughs> By the way, sidewinding for a moment, Kevin Conroy was a very prominent actor before he was Batman, even doing the TV movie for A Midsummer Night's Dream where he was Lysander. Yep, that is correct. He was a real actor before he went into voice work. Well, it's just that no one recognizes him for anything but Batman. I mean... He does great. You, you know, I mean, say what you will, and I do agree that there is this oversaturation, but it's just, because it's just so, the voice is just so great. There's some wonderful subtlety. Like, for example, he likes to adjust the tone of his voice depending on the situation that he is in, which is something that apparently a lot of Batman actors do, and that's a sign of a great actor for the series, where... When he's Batman, whether he's wearing the mask or he's Bruce Wayne in the Batcave, his voice is lower. But if he's out in the wild as Bruce Wayne with other normal people, he raises his voice up, showing that Bruce Wayne is the disguise. Batman is the main driving persona. And of of course, the, the voice works perfectly with the animated series. I mean, I love Adam West's Batman, but he wouldn't fit here, obviously. You know? It, of course. I mean, I am vengeance. I am the knight. I am Batman. It's a stupid as fuck line. Let's be honest with ourselves here, but he makes it work. So I have been cheating. I've been, um, I've on the, the INDB again, and I'm just... Oh, we all do that. That's yeah. fine. Um... I, I just remember... To keep a reference. I'm just looking at this thing. Yeah, he has not done much beyond Batman. I think the other major role he did was Max Payne 2 and Lords of EverQuest. And those are both, like, 
17 years ago, everything else has been either DC-related or Batman-related directly. I mean, still, you know, dude gets a paycheck, and I'm happy about that. Yeah. And he, he's and he gets his royalties. He's supposed to be in the new whatever the new Masters of the Universe show is with Kevin Smith. Whatever that turns out to be, we'll we'll find out. I guess. I trust Kevin Smith. I just don't know what this is gonna be. And I'm kind of curious. It could be a success, like debatably Shira, or it could be an absolute fucking disaster, like Thundercats. I was gonna, I was actually gonna use Yoga Hosers because apparently he was in that. I haven't seen it yet, but apparently he was in the Kevin Smith movie, which I think is probably how he got involved with the He-Man project. Well, no. Kevin Smith is a big fucking nerd. He's even done work with Mark Hamill on a couple of occasions. Kevin Smith? A giant nerd? I would never have guessed that. But yeah, no, like, <laughs> in Jane Silent Bob Strike Back, he plays a Joker ripoff villain called the Cockknocker. Why is he called the Cockknocker? Because <laughs> he's a giant fucking fist and he punches people in the dick. <laughs> And in that movie, he gets his big fist cut off. He's like, come on, is that going to be a thing now? (laughs) (laughs) I do love that film. That was... Luke Skywalker. That was a a good movie. Is it mean for me to say that when the dude got his heart attack, that my first thought was, of course he got a heart attack? (laughs) I mean, a little. Yeah. Of course. Subjective, but yeah. Uh, Moving on. Well... Kind of more of a half step, really. So during Batman the Animated Series, something that you have to respect about the show is that while it does have its serious times a lot of the time, it can also get really silly. Mm-hmm. During the new Batman Adventures, there was an episode called Legend of the Dark Knight where we followed these random group of kids as they're telling their own, oh, I saw Batman, or I knew someone who knew Batman, and he told the story like this. And... They use that as a framework to reference old Batman material, including the classic comics and the Batman Returns. Yeah. With the first one of these on the docket, we got Gary Owens. Call the police so they can round up these clowns. Well done, old chum. Gary Owens, a very prominent superhero actor getting his first superhero role back with the Hanna-Barbera days, where he was Space Ghost and Blue Falcon, and Inspector Gadget. Powder Toastman is still the funniest one to me. Yeah, from the Ren and Stimpy show. Oh, even also playing a parody of, you know, the superheroes that he usually plays by being Badly Animated Man from Raw <laughs> Tunage. And in this one, he really hams up the Adam West style of portraying Batman. Like, a good combination of West and Soul. Yeah, just like Soul, Gary Owens is a radio guy, but the difference is he actually sounds like a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. He's just got this great oomph in his voice that's just like, Hello, I'm here to save the day! Hello, it's also also funny that he also voices himself in the Fantastic Four 1990s cartoon series, and he voices himself, Quarry... Quarry Owenstone on a Fruity Pebbles commercial. He was loved that much for what he does. For a commercial? <laughs> yeah. So, if you ever looked at the Wikipedia list and you go, wait, that was a show? Because I'm looking at it here and they have one, I, guess, I didn't even know they had an animated version of The Mask. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fucking great theme song. 
Really is. I kind of want to look into this, but I feel like it's one of those shows that probably doesn't technically exist on the I internet. I mean, you got Rob Paulson. You got Rob Paulson playing the mask. Okay, I'm already intrigued. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, and he sings the opening. Did you know that Rob Paulson, before voice acting, he went to L.A. to become a singer? How did he get roped up into voice acting then? It was just a gig, you know? You gotta pay the bills. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah, that's how Tom Ken- that's how Tom Kenny started, is that he was he was just exhausted from all the acting work where he was tired of being typecast as the preppy dad, and then he goes into a recording booth and there are fifty guys that look relatively like him, so he was like, oh, just give me voice work. And his agent was like, Dude can you do this? And he's like, I, I don't have proof that I can, but just let me try. Just let me do something different. It works. I mean, and look, he's had a career for the last 22 years of just doing one voice, and I, I've i lost count of how many times he's shown up in Kevin. No, arguably, he has a very diverse voice. Oh, I've, yeah, you look, I've absolutely you, lost you look count. deep, and you'll find some great gems. Oh, boy. But that's why I specifically chose the 80s and 90s stuff, because that made me really go out there and look for the weirdest, most bizarre stuff that I'd never even heard of. Like, again, finding out that Rambo had an animated show. It's like, why does this exist? Oh, I kind of had to look at this. The 80s, <laughs> the 80s had kid shows spinoffs of popular adult movies like a disease. I know. Like the Toxic Avenger. It was the coronavirus of the 80s. I mean, you had Robocop. You had, I, isn't there an Alien one, or was that just the toy franchise? It was just the toy like, I couldn't remember, honestly. Cause, uh, yeah, you got the mask, apparently. Uh, Dilbert is a show in the 90s, but that's not really... A... Which is a great show, actually. It is. Uh, shame, about the auth- shame about the author and creator right now, though, but that's another story altogether. Can I ask a question? You've already asked one, but Gary on. What are Space Ghost's powers? Invisibility, telekinesis, telepathy... And the ability to breathe in space. I thought it was also getting celebrities to come on a talk show for hours on end. <laughs> With also recruiting his his villains to work on his show as co-hosts. And even getting one of them his own sh- his own show. Ah, uh, the Brack Show. Let us Brack never forget. Show. All I remember when I was very young of the old Space Ghost show, because it showed up once was the opening of the narrator going, Space Ghost! That's all I remember. Oh. Here we go, his power. Invisibility, flight, and power bands where he shoots heat and freeze beams. Or he can push all three buttons to use maximum energy power. <laughs> I'm kind of curious what that is now. Uh, this feels like something I should just look into. Uh... He just has super strength, stamina, agility, teleportation. The invisibility comes from his belt. And the energy beams come from his band. So he's just nat- he can naturally fly, he's naturally super strong, and he's naturally... Very, very uh, dexterous and very agile. Like a, a space-themed ghost-like apparition. Okay. Also known as the Heat Thing. Heat Thing. <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> That's not like a weapon that the Tick would use. Uh, Give me the Heat Thing! Here you go, Tick. It's the Tick! Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> I miss Ha-ha! But... <sighs> Speaking, Mo- moving on. Yeah, because you did mention the episode involving 
uh, certain Batman-themed characters. So I think it's time we talk about the other one from that same episode, Michael Ironside. You don't get it, son. This isn't a trash heap. It's an operating table. Sam Fisher and Darkside. Ironside is fucking perfect for this. Yeah. Perfect casting. I mean, you want a big, beefy Batman? Why not get Darkside? Yeah. It, which is funnier to me now because I can't unhear the dark side voice. He combines Keaton Kilmer and Conroy. Hell, I, th- I think he did such a good. I think they liked him so much they actually made the Batman in that episode look exactly like him. Yeah, teeth and everything because they got the same goddamn grin on the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Oh God, you are right. And actually, let me check to see, because did he do it for just that episode, or did he do it for the Dark Knight Returns animated version they released later? No, it's a completely different guy. But it sounds like him, though. That's the funny part. (sighs) So I remember seeing the clips, and it it sounds like he was purposely doing the Ironside voice. I think that was the intention. I would hope so, because it worked. Yeah. Also, something that you have to appreciate about this short is that this is the first time that Frank Miller's comic was brought to the mainstream. Yeah, Yeah. that is true. The only other time was with the movie that Father just mentioned that would come out 14 years later. And and it just shows that Batman the Animated Series didn't just stick to one thing and that's it. They saw the potential in everything in Batman's universe. And would choose it, and were smart enough to pick it in ways that were not insufferable to people. You know, this a scene like this of Batman going up against these mutant zombies and wrestling them in the mud, don't take that out of context, would not work <laughs> Hot. in the universe that they set for the animated series. But just for the sake of just a cute little side thing of children own perceptions of what Batman is, it's fucking brilliant. Okay, I gotta interrupt real fast. I did look it up. You will not believe who voiced Batman in The Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Robocop. (laughs) Again, going down the rabbit hole in this one, it's like, I had to look this up. No, it's Peter Weller. He did the voice for that, and then he reprised his role again for Mortal Kombat 11, because they brought in Robocop for that. It's kind of weird that he still has the voice after all these years. But I, I don't know why they brought Peter Wellen in, but it's like, again, it's like, apparently Superman's fighting Robocop now, so I'm okay with this. All I want to hear now is just Batman just say, your move, dirtbag. Crap, I messed that up. What you're doing, citizen, what you're doing is super illegal. <laughs> Come quietly, or there will be trouble. So, so good. And my favorite part of this whole episode is the first thing that you see is Bill Finger gets top billing. And for those of you who don't know, Bill Finger was the guy who made Batman. He conceptualized basically everything about the world on a baseline that you'd expect during the 30s. 
Or... And then Bob Kane stole it. Exactly, and Bob Kane stole it. He stole fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> and I highly recommend people check out Batman and Bill. It's a wonderful documentary of a journalist trying to trace back Bill Finger's involvement in Batman so he gets the credit he deserves. And eventually he did. The documentary ends with Batman v Superman crediting Bill Finger. And they made it act like it was really a big and special moment, which it is in a way. But 17 years before that movie, Batman the Animated Series did it first. Yeah. They knew what they were talking about. Another reason why Batman v Superman should not be remembered as anything good or noteworthy. Because Paul Dini knows what he's doing. Oh, absolutely. Well, just remember, guys, if Infinite Crisis on the CW is anything to go by, the Snyderverse doesn't exist anymore. It just kind of got flipped out of existence. Anything that anything DC that is live action immediately loses all credibility. In the same way that anything Marvel does that's animated loses all credibility. It's very funny how that works. Right? It was kind of weird. It's like, DC does great in the animated stuff, but... Well, yeah, because they're connected to Warner Brothers. And Warner Brothers is the fucking mogul of cartoons. Yeah, I mean... Who owns... Who owns Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers. <laughs> I, I just remember... Who owns Marvel? Oh, yeah, Disney. So, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah, explain! Ex-fucking-explain! <laughs> well, well, let's let's not forget, Disney can't make everything work. Remember when they owned Power Rangers and then didn't? And then they're gonna oh, own yeah, it again? Oh, yeah, and they gave it back to the original guy who made it work again. Yeah. And then they're gonna... And then it's gonna go back to Disney? Because... The people writing the Power Rangers comics, IDW Comics, got the pencils down treatment a few months back, and they're getting folded, and Disney's doing one thing, and that's buying up every single individual property that it that they can. Well, and IDW was one of the standalone mavericks of the comics industry, because it's not Dark Horse, Marvel, or DC. So, with this, Disney will own IDW and Marvel. Now all they need is to wrestle Dark Horse away from whoever owns Dark Horse, and then DC will have to get on its knees and surrender. Who owns Dark Horse? For a total media takeover, which is going to be the worst possible thing ever. Well, actually, if the current trends are anything to go by, they're going to do this, and they're going to collapse under their own weight. I don't know. And then soon we'll be having crossover movies with DC and Marvel heroes, and it's going to suck! Oh, Iron Man versus Batman 3. Uh, uh, hey, Father, you still recording? Uh, yes. Uh, I'm mostly right, just making. I'm just cheating mostly by checking links and stuff. Yeah, dude, Dark dude, Horse that's, was, dude, that's what I do. I need something to keep my eyes busy. I could have sworn Dark Horse was owned by somebody, but no, I'm incorrect. Um, it is talking about Diamond Diamond Comics, so. So that's a that's a whole other topic, though. Dark Horse is a sole subsidiary. If there's one thing that the Disney takeover will be positive in a really stupid, barely any hindsight thought, at least we'll only have one streaming service to worry about. Okay, yeah, that is okay. Say what you will about Disney Plus, it is kind of frustrating that we cut ties with cable, so we didn't have to pay for all this, but now. We're back to basically the same system with now more layers. Yeah, I know. You would think that piracy 
would go down. But no, it's gone up because people don't want to deal with exclusives on platforms that they don't own and will never use. It's funny, though, because pirating actually did go down for a while there because of Netflix and Hulu being out there. People were just like, eh, you know what? Being, it made things more available, but the thing was, it was a matter of, I don't need to buy Netflix just for one show or have Hulu just for one show because a bunch of other stuff. It's like, it's like, do I go to the grocery store to get a carton of milk, or do I wait for me to need soda, bread, soda, bread, fruit, candy, fruit, candy? Oh, hey, I can get milk here as well. Um, pretty sure they'll have strawberry flavored right eggs here in a few years, just because they can. Oh, God, that sounds awful. I know. That sounds terrible. But yeah, no. With Disney Plus, it's, it's, with this, with Disney Plus... With Disney Plus, kind of like HBO Max, I'm already paying for HBO on my cable. Why do I have to pay for it again? Yeah. For the Max treatment. See, Hulu, Hulu, and Netflix and Verve, they're multi tools. You can get one, and then you just have a bunch of stuff that's also available for you. And then when it's there's nothing you want for the month, hey, you just saved yourself 15, 25 bucks. Yeah, yeah that's true. But Disney Plus, you want to watch it for one thing. Like, if Steven Universe came out after Disney Plus was a thing, with how many Steven bombs and Steven recessions and Steven droughts there were, people would have either, it would have either crashed, because people would have been like, okay, there's no Steven coming out, alright, I cancel my subscription. Or they would have made a fuck ton of money because we're not actually using the service, but we're still paying money out of pocket. Because people are fucking sheep. That's the reason why I won't get Disney Plus. I don't profess I could and would marathon a few shows on there: the original Ducktales, Gargoyles. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I could just stream all that shit. Yeah, I, I got, I got my, I got watch cartoons online. That's all I yeah, need. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about Star Wars. I'm kind of curious about Mandalorian. Mandalorian. I could just wait for someone to pirate the whole fucking series Maybe. for me, and then just. Watch it as one big ass. Movie. Well, what I did was um, Ash vs. Evil Dead did the original run on Stars. I just waited until it came on DVD, and I just I just bought it from there. But speaking, uh, all right, we we we've got to move on. I mean, speaking of bad things, though, uh, do you want to talk about the next voice actor? No, I want to talk about Tara Strong. Oh, go for it. <laughs> that is the next voice actor. <laughs> Why did you go segueing? <laughs> I barely consider her a voice actor. Tara Strong sucks, people. How many creeps are creeping around out there? Lars! No problem! Out of my way! Celebrity coming through! I'm Twilight Sparkle. You're damn straight! If you go, I'll cry. Play with me or I'll break your arm. Oh, okay, is, is, that, is that enough of a palate cleanser for you guys? No, I, I need a little uh, kiwi flavor. To wash this out of my mouth. So, we have a little bit of a segment here that I devised, which is essentially us shitting on Tara Strong, because for you guys who are still with us here, me and Will are not giant fans of Tara Strong. We consider her as... Mediocre and cheap. And not deserving of the fans that she has. I mean, besides the bronies, she can keep those. She has two voices she can do decently. But it's just that she's so fucking prevalent. Okay, there's a difference between knowing how to communicate with your fans and then literally using sex to sell your voice. Also, you know, 
trying to stay relevant by calling out politics that, as someone who will move back to Canada in a fucking instant, really? I'm a firm believer that actors should up the shut fuck about politics unless they're really going to enter the arena of politics. You have to stop dick writing. I'll even say that about voice actors that I do like. I love your work, and I love you as your personality, a lot of them. But up the shut fuck about politics. Like, the constant fucking whining that she does on on, on Twitter. Her Twitter whining was so bad, she, <laughs> Facebook actually banned her from her own account. Someone made an anti-Semitic remark to Tara Strong, and she shared it, and then she got banned for it. So... We're just going to look through some of her escapades and see if we can get some lolly lolly lose out of it. Well, what do we got? We have the Terror Strong subreddit. Now, mind you, this isn't the first time that we've had a subreddit appear on our videos. During our Scooby-Doo month, we actually made mention of the Hex Girls because the nice, awesome, amazing people at the r slash Hex Girls subreddit, Follow. they came to us saying, hey, you're doing Scooby-Doo shit. That's awesome! Hey, who's your favorite voice actress for the Hex Girls? And we're like, see, we want to do something like this, but they only only had one voice actress each. Yeah, they nailed it the first time. And we ended up picking her first. So we're like, huh, I wonder what other, you know, media shit has, now that we're interested in, has a subreddit. Yeah. And then Justin jokingly brought up, hey, I wonder if there's a Tara Strong subreddit. And, and, there, and he and did. There and we were both sick to our stomachs. A thousand people follow this shit. And you would think that it would just be, oh, I loved, I love Harley Quinn and Twilight Sparkle, blah, 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 blah. But no, it is these sick fucking bronies lusting over this 50-year-old woman's fake silicone body. Mind you, I don't mind mom people. Mom bodies are amazing. You go, girls, but... But don't act like you're in your mid-twenties. Hell, there was a brony convention that got cancelled. Quite literally, she had a pissed-off remark about literally saying, I missed my son's karate match for this. You missed your son's karate match to go to BronyCon! Fucking parent your kid. Be a mother! Your son could have won that tournament. He's like, I'd like to thank my mom, who's not here, because she's entertaining a bunch of fat, gross losers who obsess over fucking Technicolor ponies. I like the idea that her kid's gonna irrationally hate bronies more than most normal people. And normal people already hate bronies, but it's I just like the idea... Of, like, a brony bounty hunter in the future or some shit. Oh, there was actually a fucking someone at a brony convention that offered to pay her $100 for a kiss, and she said no. That was probably one of the smartest decisions she's ever made in her fucking life. Hell, didn't she get her start doing fucking... <laughs> doing a fucking teen sex comedy? Yeah, yeah, what the hell was it? It was... It was a National Lampoon movie, and the whole point yeah, senior of her, trip, senior thank trip. you. The whole point of her character was to be a sexy, lustful object for the nerd character. And if she's so proud of her body, I believe someone quoted it on the on the, on the Kiwi Farms. If she, she has a smoking hot body, why the fuck is she voice acting? Yeah, if anyone, we talked about Kevin Conroy. You think that he'd do more than? We, we'd like him to do more, and you would think that he'd do more, but no, it's all Batman. Why the fuck are you in voice acting? You are terrible at what you do, and clearly what you are able to do with your body is more 
better suited for other things. So, <laughs> Father, sorry to give you a loaded question, but do you have any strong opinions about Terra Strong? No, I wasn't paying attention. I was actually reading the news while I was letting, waiting for you to finish your rant. Uh, what's up? <laughs> okay. Um, I will say the following that the the opinions shared by the other members of this particular podcast do not exactly reflect those of the Phantom Father himself. I have no real strong opinion of Terra Strong. Uh, I know like one or two roles, and that's about it. And I try to avoid the Phantoms as much as I can in that front. That's just so, that's one of those I've got touching out with the ten foot pole kind of situation. So that's so why I just like your rant. You could say that it's the you could say that it's one of the fandoms you tend to avoid. I mean, I have done a My Little Pony convention before for some charity work because hey, any any convention will let me do a charity raffle. I will take it. I will jump on that immediately. And. What they need is a charity. What they need is a charity on hygienic. Well, that's most anime conventions. So seriously, have you been to the anime convention video game room? Here, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Especially around the fighting games. Oh god. Oh god, I can't imagine. No, the worst ones. The worst ones to oh, yeah. me is either the the DDR players who play for like six hours on end, or just anybody who's there for like they will never leave the board game room. They like. Demographics aside, the, the people that will go to an anime convention go to the board game room and will ignore the rest of the convention. They will just stay in the anime. They will just stay in that board game room until the con is over. They won't even know that there's an anime convention happening. Those are the worst because they don't. I, I should not have to bring two canisters of axe, dual wield them, kick the door open to the video game room, and just spray it liberally in order to get some of that stench out of there. Oh, one last, actually, one last remark. I, I, it still infuriates me that she has a video of her shit that being all seductive and cool, and she's like, come closer. 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 And then she does her Timmy Turner voice saying, I'm a ten-year-old boy! Ugh. Okay, lady, I didn't know you were into that. Weird flex, but okay. I think if I saw a Brody react to that, I think it'd be pretty funny. If he just spurked out. But, yeah, she knows what she's doing. And it's disgusting. That's our opinion. Call us prudes if you want. We're not wrong. Yeah. We encourage everyone to leave us a five-star review up above and then shit all over us in the comments. And all hate mail can be directed to this address that's probably not going to be displayed, so this gag does not work. Father, what's your address? <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. The only thing I'm accepting right now is Father's Day presents, and to be honest, my fans have sent me some great ones already. Um, I know Will has seen a few of those. Uh, I, I was actually going to, if I was available to, I would send you, I would send you a Carvel cake. Hey, just send me a card. What's a Carvel cake? <laughs> no, no. So nonchalantly rejecting it. Dude, just, just send me a card, I, it's fine. I don't know what Carvel is. What? It's ice cream cake. You don't know uh, Fudgy oh. the Whale? Is that what that is? Wow. Yeah, they make Fudgy the Whale. Okay, so context for every involved here. I spent like 18 years of my 30-year life outside the U.S. Military bride here. So I didn't grow up with Blockbuster. I didn't grow up with Toys R Us or Pizza Hut. Like, most of my 90s was outside the United States. Uh. So when I came back, I didn't come back to like 
2002, so I, I don't I don't know a lot of the, the weird, you know, people are like, oh, I'm sad that Blockbuster is closing. I'm just like, what the Blockbuster? The, the first time I went to a Blockbuster was like 2015, when the one down the street from me was closing down. Or maybe it was 2014, I don't remember. But that was like the first time I went to a Blockbuster, and I bought no movies. I just bought every single Coke they had in the machine there, because they were quarter for a 20-ounce bottle. And I was not going to pass that up. I carried that. I just carried it in the crates. I just carried it home with That's me. Like the whole point. <laughs> I know. I know. That's what my brother told me. My brother's walking in there with a, a figurative, you know, knapsack full of DVDs that he got for like pennies to the dollar. And I'm just walking out there with multiple crates full of coke. And my brother's like, you could have got a movie. And I was like, I don't want 20 copies of Scary Movie 4. I can't remember what was left over at that point. Actually, bringing up Carbo but, and jumping back to the past, one of some of my earliest DC memories were actually going to Carvel every like birthday to get a Carvel cake. Like my, my dad would take me to get a Carvel cake, and they'd let me pick a little like really shittily made like clay figurine to have like a themed cake, and I'd always pick like the Batman and Superman. And... Oh, okay. That's that's kind of wholesome though. Reeling back to wholesomeness. We're going to cover a person I share a name with, Will. Will Friedel. Who plays not Bruce Wayne Batman? No, nay, nay. There's Batman Beyond, Harry McGinnis. The real Batman never talked to you much, did he? That's probably why you were so fixated on him. Don't play psychoanalyst with me, boy. Oh, I don't need a degree to figure you out. The real reason you kept coming back was you never got a laugh out of the old man. I'm not hearing this. Get a clue, clowny. He's got no sense of humor. He wouldn't know a good joke if it fit him in a cake. Will Friedel, you may know him more for being Ron Stoppable from Kim Possible and Jaster Rogue from Rogue Galaxy. Yep, that, the last one is me because I actually did not grow up watching Kim Possible as a kid. Again, weird childhood. I mean, I mostly know him as Doyle Blackwell from The Secret Saturdays. Watch the show. Oh, yeah. It's great. I guess, I guess like, I have to now. Oh, no, you're going to like it. They literally cover cryptid. They, they, they cover cryptids. Like, wow. before, this was, like, before X slash X was a fucking thing. They were exploring, like, yeah, you know how they have all these, like, creepypastas with, like, oh, the Mothman and the, the insert cryptic... No, they, they covered their shit, like, years. This is 2008. And it's just flat-out amazing. It's a, Please watch. It's a great show. But before we go down another rabbit hole, Batman Beyond is a fucking phenomenon. I mean, the fact that it exists is amazing in and of itself. I mean... Warner Brothers went to Bruce Tim and asked, we want a Teenage Batman show, can you make one? And he turns this into just a whole sci-fi world that sticks with the continuity of the animated series. We have, how far is it into the future, like 40 years? I'd say yeah, so. 40 yeah. years later, we have Bruce Wayne as an old man and a mentor to this young teenager Terry McGinnis, who is voiced by Friel, who takes up the mantle as Batman. And the show's 20 years old now, and 
just the fact that this one random executive idea came out to something so original and beloved is just a marvel within itself. Which, speaking of which, because Will Fradle is also well known for voicing Star-Lord in the Animated Guardians of the Galaxy show. And also, speaking of Marvel, he's also the, the voice for Hardlight in Disney's Big Hero 6. So, yeah, this really jump-started his career into being a superhero. Yeah, keep in mind, before this, Will Fradle was playing Eric Matthews on the live-action comedy Boy Meets World. He goes from that... This, you know, he's kind of a teenager, kind of directionless, kind, you know, funny man, whatever, to his first voice role being the little bit more dramatic Terry McGinnis. And he nails it for his for first time doing voice work, which going after that to Ron Stoppable, which is a little bit more in his wheelhouse doing more comedies, more of an eccentric character, just already, bam, two huge fucking shows just phenomenal to start a voice acting career so i want to get your guys's opinions real fast here because i think i might be on the minority on this front here i actually think that batman beyond is better than batman the animated series in some aspects especially with the okay villains. in some in terms of what villains is one of them that he just brought up and i will agree as much as, uh, as much as i love the batman the animated series villains it's Batman Beyond's villains are just above and beyond. No pun intended. Yeah. I mean, they, they went extremes. I mean, Ink, for example, is basically Clayface, but way more interesting. It's like a little more conspicuous because it's like, oh, now we actually give a crap about this villain. Dude, and, uh, I bring up a blight. Oh, God. Dude, it's a literal fucking nuclear skeleton. It's just... And it's an interesting design. It's just that, you know, where he gets angry and his skin starts peeling away, and it's like, okay, that's really threatening. Holy oh, yeah, crap. the, the dude barely disguised himself. That is so... I mean, if he wasn't a Lex Luthor-esque villain, that would be very upsetting, you know? Or Shriek. Oh, I love Shriek. Spellbinder. All the Joker wannabes, but it's a matter of... They're not copycat killers. They're just taking... An identity that everyone knows and fears, and putting their spin on it. Like, you have the J-Man, Scab and Trey, and then you have the family, Jack, Queen, King, Ten. Yeah. I mean, even when the, I was going to say Spellbinder, it's like, yeah, every one of these villains had a, oh, this is basically X-Archetype from the Batman universe, but here's the new twist. I mean, Spellbinder was kind of like the Scarecrow. But it uses his own little twist on the formula. Or hell, even in the movie that we got, we got the DDs, and we got Joker Jackal. Yeah, the hyena think... man. <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. And, yeah, no, Return of the Joker, of course, has the best bit ever, where it's Terry McKinnis spends three minutes taunting Mark Hamill because, like, oh, well, yeah. you want me to laugh Legend... at you? Here, I'll laugh oh, at yeah. you. Legendary <laughs> scene. And... And with these villains, yeah, it's it gave the writers the freedom to write some new characters, and it's Ink, who is a deadbeat mother, just sending her daughter all this money so that she can be supported, only to result in the daughter becoming just overly reliant on money, overcharging 
all these credit cards. The daughter's the one who ends up doing Ink in. And when and when Ink is asking, why did you do this? And it's like, what do you expect? You raised me to only believe in money. And it's like... Yeah. Oh, God. The, they fucking knew how to write it. Uh, hey, um... Was the Zeta Project any good? The the spinoff for Batman yes. Beyond. Yes. Okay, I. So which one? The Zeta Project. It was based. It was a spinoff for Batman Beyond that was based off of this android or something. Yes. Okay. I do not remember this at all. I also like it because it keeps my favorite villain from Batman along with my favorite voice of said villain from Batman. Michael Ansara voicing Victor Freese. Mr. Freese. Yes. God. A fucking amazing arc 40 years in the making. I mean, just, uh, I don't know if you're called spoilers for a show that's like 20 years old now, but just, like, the whole bit was like, hey, we can actually give you a chance on a new life, and he's like, oh, this is great, and then he, the body immediately fails him, and he starts overheating, and it's just like, it's just like, nope, I'm just going back to being a villain, I guess. Ugh. <sighs> Oh, or then you find Bane. God, that was amazing. Yeah, no, Batman. See, Victor Freeze is one of the is one of the key examples of Batman could have helped him decades ago, but he kept doing the same cycle until Batman retired, and now Freeze cannot survive unless he's in the power suit. But in order to maintain his freezer suit, he needs funding. And our, uh, during Batman Beyond, Arkham is not a hey. You're a scientist, and you need this. All right, we're going to support you. No, that's far, far over. Yeah, So no. Freeze is out on the streets with no ability at all to do anything other than I have to steal and cheat and destroy to maintain my life, my, my life-sustaining thing. I don't even have my wife anymore because I can't support her because I was thrown out of Arkham. Uh, the ending of Sub-Zero was so great. Him just crying that her, his wife is still alive and then walks off in the Arctic with his two polar bears. It's just so fucking poetic. I don't think I've seen Sub-Zero. So oh, it's great. I, see if I, can track copy down. I mean, everything with Victor Freeze is brutal. Oh, yeah. That's the whole thing. You know, it was really funny, I had to explain to somebody, when I found a copy of Return of the Joker, I had to keep playing, like, oh no, see, this is the censor version. They're like, what do you mean? Yeah. You can tell. It's kind of obvious. It's like, so wait, you can't shoot the Joker with a gun, that's not really a gun, but you shock him to death instead, and that's somehow less violent. It's not, it's yeah. not violent if you can't see it. But you see him getting shocked on screen. It's not violent if you don't see the body. <laughs> yeah, no body, no evidence. One bit about I, I can't one that. bit about Fredo voicing Batman. I saw in an interview between him and Conroy that I thought was really funny. Was he was expressing his first time voicing with Conroy, and he was saying, "Oh man, I'm so nervous that I have to that I'm taking the shoes. I'm taking the shoes of Batman from Kevin Conroy." And then Kevin Conroy's response was, "Dude." During the Great Ghost episode, I felt the same way when Adam West came in to record. You're perfectly fine. Yeah. Just, just the yeah. just the legacy, the meta legacy is glorious. Man, now I'm gonna go sit down and watch that. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, hey, no problem. Give you something to do. Yep. 
give give you something to do during these Welcome times. Welcome to our world. Our watch list grows evermore. Yeah. You know, you know, guys, we do need something to do. And that's why today's sponsor is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. Nah! <laughs> Sign up today with the Raid Shadow Legends special link. You get yourself a free champion at 50,000 silver to start you and off. And then you can use you that money in order to fund, fund to cure Phantom Father's dementia and Alzheimer's. Please go to this website down below to cure his Alzheimer's and get him to actually start recording fucking podcasts by pressing the big red button that's on your program. Uh, you, you done? I done it. I'm, I'm done. Okay, it is nice to meet you, Don. Don, I'm Dad. So we talked a lot about the good. There's been a lot of good, but we gotta also bring up the bad too. And that is Julian Fletcher voicing Batman in the video game, Batman Dark Tomorrow. I know you're awake. Don't make me prove it. Okay, okay. I want information. I don't owe anything. Perhaps you didn't hear me. I want information. Who supplied you with a weaponry? A, uh, friend. Give me a name. He'll kill me. And I'll do worse than that. Oh man! No, I I remember listening. I listened to the soundcloud for this one, and I I mean I don't like it, but at the same time, it's one of those things you wonder: is like, is it really his fault? Is it or is it just a bad direction on top of being a very okay? I wouldn't video? say okay, but um, uh, not not it's not playable. really. But at the same time, though, we have to set it to a certain scale, you know. I mean. I mean, True. it wouldn't True. be as fun if we were just like, just like, well, it's a bad performance, but, but what can we say? Move on, you know? I mean, it's just a, it just sounds like a watered down Kevin Conroy. Just. It does. It really does. Yeah, no subtlety with it, with it at all. And I have no idea what the direction for the voice cast was going to be. Because at first you think that, oh, that's what they're doing. They're trying to get replacements that sound like the TAS cat, but they don't hear the Joker, and it's nothing like Hamill. It's more crazy, more like Sid Caesar. So I don't know what they're yeah. doing. But, audience, you owe it to yourself to watch the long play of this video game. It is fucking horrendous. In just the perfect, funny way. The guy who I watch long play this put out in the description just this long thing defending this game, saying that, well, the camera's not very good, and it doesn't control great, but the story's pretty good, so, and it's, but it's also pretty short, so I'd say give it a shot. And I'm saying, so what? Every part of it that's, that makes it a video game is bad? Then why the fuck would I play this in the first place? Ugh, what, what's wrong with it? I mean, fix camera angles. Horrible platforming. I didn't play it, but you could just watch it and you could just tell that it's bad. It's like watching Bubsy 3D. Oof, I don't, I don't know if anything can be that bad. Is... But, okay, at least Bubsy had the excuse of a bunch of people who had never worked on a 3D game before trying to work on a 3D game. This one was probably, alright, you got six months to finish a deadline and we need money anyway, so... Get to it. Okay, then in ways it's worse than Bubsy 3D because by your logic they knew what they were doing. Well, yeah, that is true. They knew what they were doing. They also just had like probably no budget, no time. Batman has this I hilarious know. jump. 
this 360 jump kick move that he uses constantly. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Does it make really funny grunting noises too? Because that's usually the funnier part. It's like the wall. It's like playing the Matrix Xbox game and doing the oh, God. Uh, r- running up to parallel walls in a hallway and then just jumping off the top and then you're stuck like that because you're just forever kicking off the wall and you have no way to drop it because you'll just keep in motion jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping and jumping. Oh God, yeah, that's a yeah. Lot. Just watch ten minutes of a long play of this game. It is fucking hilarious. Also, that's freaking why it was developed by Kimco. These guys have a history of just really, really shoddy material. Yeah. Speaking of shoddy, the Batman with Reno Romano. Let me make myself clear. There's no room for a Batgirl in Gotham. That's cool, because it's Batwoman, as in I'm a grown woman and don't need to listen to you. Then for your own safety, if you won't listen to me, I'm going to have to tell your father, Ms. Gordon. I've been monitoring your construction here for months, hacking your systems since they came online. I wondered, John, when you were going to tell me about your space station. You've put together quite a league. Let's get to work. Rena Romano plays an amazing Batman in a really good show that often gets overshadowed by its predecessor. I mean... This was the show I grew up on, and I loved it as a kid. I still do. It has such a great style. The character designs are great. The voice acting is incredible. Just A-listers all over the place. They also have a more relevant all-star cast. Batman the Animated Series had a lot of old heads, like Mr. Freeze's voice actor was a long-time 1950s, 1960s actor. But with The Batman, you get people like Kevin Michael Richardson as the Joker. You get Tom Kenny as the Penguin, who would later claim the role. Clancy Brown as Mr. Freeze. Dan Castanell as the ventriloquist and Starface. James Marsden as Firefly. Robert England as the Riddler. Ron Perlman as Killer Croc. If I had known all these things before, I would have watched the show. But when you just look at the art style, you look at the box, it's like, what's this? What is this nonsense? I mean, one of them, we, we talked about... We talked about Hinden Walsh as Harley Quinn in our Harley Quinn episode. God knows how long ago that was. And she does great. And everyone else does great. We even got Will Friedel coming in as Gearhead. But the here's the thing, though. And it's like night and day. Where, if you watch the Bat... I watched all of the Batman and loved it. That was my first exposure to the character as a TV series. And then I watched one episode of the animated series. I don't remember which one. And I was just like, oh, I get it. The Batman, which, by the way, is a bitch to Google. Yeah. Branding is such shit. Anyway. Yeah. The, the Batman is all style, no substance. It's even that with its voice acting choices. These are all prevalent people with a lot of notoriety behind them. Uh, either in famous or infamous, and they just appear and then they disappear. Yeah, there are a lot of these one-off villains that you would... The animated series would definitely give them more time and give them more humanity. And if you look on the Wikipedia for this show, they focus on particular characters per season, where there's a season where they focus on Batgirl, who I love. You have one focusing on Dick Grayson, one on the Justice League. 
You know who they don't focus on? Batman! Exactly. If they put more focus on uh, a, a dastardly duo, as, as, as compared to the dynamic duo with William Mallory and as Wrath, and Andrew Mallory as Scorn. Wrath and Scorn! Who, quite... Quick, quick backstory of Wrath. He was a super... He was a guy who had his parents killed by cops. So now his entire... His entire modus operandi is to disrupt law and order with his little brother, who who dresses like Robin, looks like Robin with blonde hair, uses a battle staff, and has a motorcycle. Yeah, that's, that's all that it was. You don't just do that and then make, like, a one-off episode. There's some really stupid shit in here, and I... And not even the fun kind of stupid that that still makes sense of the continuity. Fucking dumb. Yeah, like, there's an episode, there's really an episode where the Joker becomes a nanobite monster and can transform into whatever he wants. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit, that's right. Okay, do you know the ending of Batman Arkham Asylum where, where Joker takes a whole bunch of Bane Venom and becomes the final boss? Yeah, I know it's stupid. That's an I episode in this Zella. show. Yeah, oh God. that's a callback. That's a callback in the fucking uh, thing. I mean, if you're just watching it and you don't care, it's fine. You know, but if you want to really get something worthwhile out of what you're watching for your Batman show, go watch the animated series. If you want dumb, if you want amazingly dumb fuck violent action and superhero superstars showing up, watch the yeah. Batman. And for you Naruto fans who thought that Ten Ten got the shaft, Batgirl is voiced by Danielle Judovitz, who is the same voice actor as Ten Ten, and she does great. And that might get, and you might be able to get your rocks off of that. Yeah. And last but not least, we've got Christian Bale. Who was Falcone working for? What were the drugs and where were they going? Gordon's partner, Detective Flass, would know. Wait, look, I don't know. Let me, let me see if I can do this tonight, guys. I might be able to do this without screwing up my voice. Okay. <clears throat> Tell me what the drugs are. Blah, blah, blah. A Batman. Which is, which is funny, because Christian Bale playing... The Batman, even the live-action movie, the Christian Bale voice is so fucking bad. It is. Yeah. It's so... Mind you, he he's not a bad actor, either! No. Before he was Batman, he was Thomas from Pocahontas and Howl from Howl's Moving Castle, which he I mean, did great. No, in my experience, I I watched American Psycho, and it's like, no, no, that's... Oh, he's Bruce great Wayne. as Patrick Bateman. Yeah, no, that's like, yeah, this is Bruce Wayne, and you can kind of get some of the energy when he's doing just as I Bruce think Wayne. that's why they chose him for Bruce Wayne, because he played a spoiled rich guy. Yeah. Who, just, who has, like, a lot of emotional baggage. Yeah. Mind you, as petty and petulant as it fucking is, because literally, it's just a guy who's bored of everything, so he fucking imagines himself murdering people and obsessing over business cards and suits and all borderline homoerotic connections to his to his colleagues. American Psycho is very good, by the way. Uh, oh yeah. Even better is the funnier died parody bit that actually brought in Huey Lewis, in which he murders Weird Al. Dun 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 dun. Try parody one of my songs, no, you son of a. 
What I find funny about the voice is that I hear that Kevin Conroy tried to do basically the same thing, where he just got his voice down really low and it sounded sexy, but that ended up hurting his throat. So, very cleverly, Kevin Conroy took two halves of it. He put a little bit of his voice up for Bruce Wayne and a little bit down for Batman. Christian Bale goes all the way down, and he never really improves. Mind you, that's only for Batman. As an actor and a voice actor, he's amazing. Yeah, he can do he can do good work. I mean, I wonder how much of this does go into direction. Um, because I I get yeah. it. Okay, he has to disguise his voice, but it's you've seen it all. Do I have to explain this? Apparently, you do. Like like you you've all seen the where did the other drugs go? Where's the trigger? It all sounds stupid as hell. I don't need to explain this. And you know he's voicing a whatever movie tying game Batman Begins. Rocking so so of course. With no survivors. No, not not even there. It would be hilarious, but but it's way before that. No, I, uh, I'm just gonna say this about Christian Bale. It's not that he was a bad Batman. It's just that the whole fucking series is a joke, and the only reason why people memorize the fucking that that trilogy of movies is because of the fucking memes that it just. No, no, I thought spouts. it was because of the Nola ing. No, it's the memes. Because I can't remember who did it, but somebody was like. Here's exactly, it's like a joke, I was like, here's every Christmas Noah movie ever. I think it might have been Honest Trailers that did that one. Like, people act like that this series is, is so smart and mature. It's got some stupid shit in there. Dude, the entire fucking plane scene has been me. Okay, now I'm bringing up He Will Not Divide Us for one reason only. Shia LaBeouf tried to do a fucking demonstration, and... Literally a bunch of people from 4chan just decided to start fucking quoting Batman. <laughs> like, you're a big guy. For you, it would be incredibly painful. For you. And fucking they just start quoting shit from that fucking movie. Because that, the, that, that whole trilogy is only good for memes. Memes and dumb Yeah, I shit. mean, shit like... Bruce Wayne bringing some whores to a restaurant who get drunk and play around in a fountain. So the waiter's like, I'm sorry, you're going to have to leave because your horse can't do that. And then Bruce Wayne signs a check. He's like, well, I own this hotel now, so I think it's okay. Now, mind you, this is basically the Batman that wasn't raised by Alfred. So he was raised to be a fucking dickbag. He was raised to be a fucking asshole. Because some Irish-speaking Arabian dude taught him to be a professional assassin. <laughs> By the way, do not make Liam... Liam Neeson only does one accent. Stop having uh, the, the, the guy who sounds like an Irishman 24-7 voice a fucking Arabian. Oh, oh God, did you, watch, uh, did you ever watch the dub version of Ponyo? And he's just doing the, the Liam Neeson voice, and it's like, oh, this is not fit. Nope, yeah. not fit at all. No, it, it was not very good. The rest of the movies, you know, the rest of the dubbing's fine, and I still like Ponyo, even if I'm I'm not getting into Ponyo right now. Let's let's do final thoughts, okay? <laughs> okay are you sure? That sounds more interesting to talk about Christian Bale. We've gone through so many rabbit holes right now. The last thing that we need is talking about Ponyo. So many holes, we can call this a shallow bow movie. Give me your thoughts, guys. Best, worst, weird. I'll go first on this one. This one, I've been. I've been thinking about that for the last time we did the recording. Yeah, yeah, I'm still recording. I had this, honestly, I still gotta, you know, I gotta flip it over. I gotta go with Adam West. 
and I, I, I've been re-watching some of the original uh, 60s Batman again, and I think part of it is just both the voice, but also watching him perform. It's like, he has such a deadpan na nature about everything, but it still works, even in the context of the show. And, yeah, no, I still gotta go with uh, Batman Dark Tomorrow for the absolute worst, though, but that's, I still say part of that is just, the guy probably showed up for the equivalent of a paycheck, so... I don't want to hold that against him, but it is definitely the worst. Best for me is going to be Adam West. The worst for me is going to be Christian Bale. And the weirdest is definitely going to be Gary Owens. Because I just love the radio voice of Batman. It's weird. I don't want to discredit him because I don't want to I don't want to downplay his performance. Because everyone's going to default to Kevin Conroy being the GOAT, the Tier Zero. Well, sure, sure. But I love Adam West. Love Adam West. Gary Owens does a good Adam West, but with some spice to it. It's not a, just a complete mock or a complete imitation or a complete parody. It, it's its own thing. It evolves the voice. Though runner-up for Weirdest goes to Rina Romano. Because as, as little as he was in the series, the damn good Bruce Wayne. Honestly, after the after the conversation we've had, I think I may have to look into this. Uh, I just got to make sure it's actually on a streaming platform, so I don't have to go hunt down the DVDs. But Father, he didn't give you a weirdest yet. Um, uh, the weirdest. I don't know. Honestly, finding out the pinball guy through the Batman voice is probably still the weirdest to me because it it is just a short thing, which is again hearing Batman say extra ball is kind of weird and funny to me. You created me, extra ball. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's your turn now i guess yeah you know what i think will you convince me there is a little bit too much kevin conroy saturation and mm -hmm. i was so pleasantly surprised by what i did see with west and just the arc of how much batman has affected his career that i have to give it to him worst is still julian fletcher I was going to give it to Saul, but, you know, he was the first guy to do it, and he was the replacement of Adam West. It's like, what what the hell can I say? Yeah. Um, Weirdest, you know, I like Michael Ironside, but he, but besides the fact that, of Darkseid voicing Batman, there's not much to the performance itself. He barely talks in it. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a, like a two, three-minute clip, I think, at most. Yeah, and most of it's grumbling, but... I yeah. think I'm going to give it to Friedel. Okay. Friedel is a good weirdest. Yeah. So, Father, thank you so much for yeah. joining us this week. Where can people Again. find your stuff? Oh, that's actually a very good question. Um, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash 5fam413. My title is still the Phantom Father on there. I'm available on Instagram at Cordial Harlequin. You can also join my Discord channel, The Phantom Family, and chat with me, talk about fandoms, and see the other weird stuff that I get up to. Right now, you can also see uh you can you can also see our chuckle uh us chuckleheads in there as yeah. well, so you can interact yeah, exactly. with us. Uh, for those who are interested, though, I am currently giving away free stickers right now for the celebration of Pride Month because I'm proud of you and everything that you do. Uh, you're dead after all. Go eat your vegetables. Yeah, and you get a free one if you retweet the link with hashtag. Father pressed the button on Twitter. God. <laughs> they didn't get a free one anyways. That's just that's just extra nonsense. Hey, we figured we'd press Father's buttons for not <laughs> pressing the button the first time. 
That's it. You know what? Just for that, I'm not getting either of you Choco Tacos. Ha! Joke's on you! I worked so I could buy my own Choco yeah, Tacos! Dude. Yeah, but it doesn't feel the same because you're not getting it from somebody that loves and respects you. I love and respect myself. I love and respect me, I think. I love and respect me, I think. It's okay, you don't have to lie. Will, I love and respect you. I'll at least mail you a Choco Taco. <laughs> but, seriously, no, thanks for, thanks for bringing me back on board for this one. Thanks. I mean, if you want to come back for next week. Well, I'll try my best. Because we're going to continue Batman Month. And if you guys want to keep up on when we do that, follow us on our social medias at slash the voicecast or slash the voicecast one on Twitter. And if you want to watch us on any of your favorite podcast platforms, follow us on anchor.fm slash voicecasters. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you all next time. See you later. That's all for now. Peace out. Peace out.